Hello, hello, it's Fantasy Fiction Friday! And here in Chapter 26 of The Dragon Collector, we have some foreshadowing going on. So, had to plant a few seeds for what is coming up, not just in this book, but in subsequent books. So here we, you're introduced to White Winds, so pay attention to that especially as you get into the Dragon Hunter book two, plays kind of an important part in that book, and you kind of learn what white winds are here. Then, at the end of the chapter, we have some grand foreshadowing, some things that are gonna take place in book four, The Dragon Destroyer. Pay attention to that. But for right now, let's get to it. Here we are, chapter 26 of The Dragon Collector. It's Fantasy Fiction Friday! That means it's time for an escape break with author D.K. Drake. This is the part of the show where your host, author D.K. Drake, reads you a snippet of one of her stories. So if you're intrigued by a world where dragons exist and people live for hundreds of years, stay tuned for a show designed for sheer entertainment purposes. Still here? Fantastic! Prepare for adventure, for you are now entering the land of Xandador. Chapter 26, The Old Man's Warning One thousand! With a final jab-cross combination, Javen flung his weak and weary fists into the target's chest and dropped to the floor. He leaned back against his immobile target's legs, wiped the sweat from his forehead, and closed his eyes. If it wasn't for Hamilton's voice still buzzing in his ears from the hours of constant coaching he had just endured, he would have enjoyed the respite. Nice work, kid, Hamilton said. We'll do it all again tomorrow. He needs to get stronger, Ravier said. Those pathetic punches aren't going to get him very far in any fight. Javen's eyes flew open and he sprang back into his guard position in front of Ravier. Maybe after I hit you a few times, you won't think my punches are so pathetic. Ravier laughed. <laughs> Go ahead. Try me. See what happens when your target punches back. Javen tightened his fists but Hamilton stuck his thick arm between the two men and pushed Javen back. No fighting live targets yet, kid, he said, and nudging Javen in the direction of the ladder. Now get yourself up to the house. It's eating time. Javen glared at Ravier, then looked at the ladder. He was hungry and tired. Maybe fighting Ravier at the moment wasn't such a great idea. Food does sound good, Javen said. Then go. Hamilton shooed Javen away with his hands. We'll be up in a minute. Driven by the thought of food, Javen climbed up the ladder and sprinted through the barn to the exit. He threw the door open but halted just before slamming into the frail Aster. Whoa, Javen said, putting his hands up and sliding past Aster without knocking him over. Sorry, man, I didn't see you there. You see me now, he said, adjusting his spectacles and handing Javen a ball of bread the size of a cantaloupe. I was just coming to get you. Hannah made you a dragon's delight. What's in this? Javen turned the brown bread over in his hands. It was heavier than he expected a ball of bread to be, and he was a little nervous about biting into it. It's filled with meats and leaves from animals and plants dragon feast on. Oh. The idea of eating unknown meat and random leaves caused Javen's appetite to suddenly diminish. It is healthy and filling. You can eat it on the way. On the way? On the way to where? You and I are going to meet Mertzer. Who's Mertzer? A dusk stalker. Aster put his hand on Javen's elbow and walked him back into the barn. Come now. Pick an octi. You're going to need a brave one for the trip we're about to take. 
Micah flew above the farming village on the back of Serenity, his father's midnight stalker, and waited for the stragglers to join the crowd on the road outside the gate. The town center of the village was too small to hold all the people in a dragon, so Micah had ordered his men to gather the workers from the fields and bring them to this spot. Esmeralda's cage dangled by a rope from the dragon's claw, and when Micah was ready to begin, he yelled at Serenity, Drop her! The cage dropped ten feet to the ground and landed near the road with a thud. Esmeralda grunted but couldn't complain thanks to the gag covering her mouth. After one more circle above the area, Micah guided Serenity to land beside the cage. I am Micah, the strongest son of the great King Omri. He addressed the crowd from the back of the dragon to maximize the effect of his speech. King Omri has ruled longer than any king in the history of our world. He deserves and expects your respect and obedience. Nevertheless, some dare challenge his laws. When that happens, they are to be punished in order to preserve peace in the land. As he spoke, he scanned the faces, looking for any hint of dissension. This woman broke the law and will be executed for her actions. I bring her here today to remind you that King Omri does not tolerate rebellion. Submission. Fear. Acceptance. These people had been trained well, which Micah found disappointing. He wanted to make an example of someone. A dark-haired man glanced at Esmeralda with pity. Excellent. You, he shouted and pointed at the man as he slid off Serenity. The people began muttering until Micah grabbed the offender and jerked him to the cage. There is room in there for you as well. Would you like to join her? No, he trembled. No, sir. Please, let me go. Then sympathize with the king and not the prisoner. Spit on her. What? You heard me. Spit on her. Show her what disdain you have for those who defy the king. Without any more prompting, the man spit on the chained, gagged, caged Esmeralda. Javen polished off the crunchy and sweet and not altogether horrible dragon's delight as he walked beside the slow-moving and silent Aster. The old man shuffled his feet as he walked, almost as though he no longer possessed the strength to get each foot completely off the ground. The octibarn was behind them as they traipsed through the lush green and flowery meadows that ran parallel to the vast mountain range on their right that Javen had been itching to explore. The octis they had chosen were flying above them as they walked. Aster was holding the antennae of the octis so Javen could eat while they walked. Since they were walking, Javen wasn't sure why they had the octis with them at all. Finally, he had to stop and ask. Hold on, Javen said, stepping in front of Aster. Wouldn't these octis be more helpful if we were, um, actually riding them? We will ride them soon enough. Well, that sounds cryptic. Javen took a sip of water from the canteen Astrid had provided and studied his travel companion. The top of his head was bald except for a few strands of wild white hair. Thicker bunches of white hair filled in the sides and back of his head and hung just past his neck. Round glasses perched halfway down his flat nose, a nose that barely reached as high as Javen's chest. He had a slight forward lean to him, his stooped shoulders leading the way. Red suspenders helped hold up his oversized black pants and did not go well with his striped orange shirt. Javen guessed old people could get away with wearing colorful clothes, unlike the boring brown garb Javen was sporting. The Octis need to save their strength for the journey that awaits them, Aster pointed ahead. Walk. Still cryptic, Javen mumbled and fell back into step beside Aster. Their forward progress was painstakingly slow. It was even worse now that he had nothing left to eat and thus nothing to do to keep him from collapsing out of sheer boredom. Okay, dude, Javen blurted. Here's the deal. I'm really tired, and if we don't talk or something, I'm going to lay down on this super soft grass and take a nap. 
I always welcome stimulating conversation, Aster said. Talk. Great, Javen said. I'm not sure if this counts as stimulating, but I have to know. How old are you? 1,177 years old. Whoa! You have to be the oldest guy on the planet! Yes, but not by much. You mean there are other people as old as you still alive? Seven, to be precise. We're all in hiding. For the past 500 years, the Dark King has been seeking out and eliminating those in my generation and older. Eliminating? Javen swallowed. He's been killing the old people? Why? We are a threat. We remember what life was like in Xandador when a collector was on the throne. He wants to wipe out those memories and keep the people in fear of him. What was life like back then? We were free, my son. Aster smiled as he spoke and shuffled along. We were free to do the work we wanted, to build our homes where we wanted, to travel when we wanted, wherever we wanted, to live in harmony with the dragons rather than view them as dangers to be disposed of. We were free to love, to marry, to raise as many babies as our hearts desired. Who did you marry? Ah, I was in love with Marissa, a black-haired beauty from Varzak. We were going to marry and have an army of kids. His words drifted off, and Javen noticed a tear stream down the old man's weathered cheek. Something bad happened, didn't it? Aster nodded, wiped his cheek, and kept plodding forward. White winds took her away. White winds? Right. You are not from here. I keep forgetting. Aster took his glasses off and dried the lenses with his shirt. White winds are powerful blankets of wind that sweep through without warning. They displace everything in their path and can throw objects hundreds of miles away. We have storms kind of like that. We call them tornadoes. So what happened to your Marissa? The night before our wedding, white winds swept through her village. When I arrived the next day expecting to be married, her village was destroyed and she was gone. I never saw her again. Dude, that is so sad. How old were you? Sixty-three. I've been searching for her ever since. It's been more than a thousand years, but I'll die before I give up looking for her. I'm sorry, man. Aster stopped and grabbed Javen's elbow, causing him to stop too. I don't need you to be sorry, my son. I need you to do whatever it takes to collect the four dragonstalkers and win the throne. No king has reigned as long as Omri, and there are darker days ahead if he continues his rule. Okay, got it. I don't think you do. Aster grabbed the collar of Javen's shirt and pulled him down so Javen was eye-level with the old man. The freedom of the people of Xandador and the survival of the dragons aren't the only things at stake here. I know. My mom's life depends on me. Yes, as do the lives of all the people on Earth. Huh? What are you talking about? Unless you succeed, your Earth is in danger of destruction. What do you mean? The lore of Earth and the possibilities it offers have always been a threat to the Dark King. He's been devising a plan to abolish the threat once and for all. He's close to putting his plan into action, but he can't until he first secures the throne for another hundred years. It's up to you to stop him. No pressure there. Aster let go of Javen's shirt and allowed him to stand upright again. Now walk. We still have much to do today. Javen sighed and followed Aster, desperately wishing he was back in Montana. Being an invisible second stringer on his JV football team was sounding much more doable and appealing than fighting to save his mother, two dimensions worth of people, 
and an entire species of mythical creatures. If you enjoyed today's Escape Break episode but don't want to wait to find out what happens next, click on over to AuthorDKDrake.com. There you can become a DK Drake Insider, secure your free starter library, and access all the books from the Dragonstalker Bloodline Saga that are available for sale on Amazon. In the meantime, I dare you not to dream of dragons tonight.